Sir Alex, what do you think about Tommy Barlow taking the league by storm? I was right every time. I'd be doing something else for a living than I do right now. Either way, guys, thanks for having us back. Um, it is week 13. This is our 16th time meeting for a uh, broadcast. So we are veterans of media by now, Sir Alex. And as veterans of the media do, sometimes we had to eat some crow this week. Tommy Barlow came out hot, scored a, a very, very skilled header. It was either very lucky or very skilled. Um, and we beat Atlanta. Red Bulls took a 1-0 game down a man. How are you feeling? Uh, great to be back, Bob. Uh, I was there with you watching the game. The goal happened right in front of me. Kid made a great play. It was a great cross coming across. Guzan might have been out of position. Some argue he wasn't, but the way he contorted his body to head the ball across, his, across the way, it's a great goal. And the kid shows some speed. He's got some size. The Red, Bull, the, the Red Bulls were actually saying that he's the fastest guy in the organization right now. Um, I didn't see it, and it doesn't mean he didn't. It just means he didn't go on the runs. I mean, for his size, I thought it was really fast. I was a little surprised how fast it was. I got to be totally honest with you. We're talking about size-to-speed comparison. Uh, What about Nealis coming up from Red Bull 2? Again, having a really good game once uh, Parker got shown the red card. Yeah, and he's a big boy, another you know RB2 product. And another guy I thought that was great in his game and unsung hero in his game with Tarek in center back. No Aaron Long, Tim Parker gets red card, and he stepped in, and he shut down Joseph Martinez down to man. And not a lot of people talk about it, but Tarek had a great game that day. Absolutely, and, and he, was, he was, I mean, we were sitting next to each other talking the whole time. Uh, lights out, very, very good. And they shut out this Atlanta team. They won one nothing with a man down. That red card, I don't like it. Looking back, I think it was a red. At the time, I said I didn't think it was was probably worth the red but when i think of a red card i want to foul a guy like i want to make him feel the red card it was just a soft bump uh interference type red um parker got shown and 11 on 10 not the game we wanted to see we wanted to see 11 on 11 both teams at their best we saw one team at their best man atlanta without barco just looks looks soft they they put a lot of pressure on but they didn't have that scoring in the final third which you want to see from an mls cup contender red bull are did they get that much better or is atlanta that much worse well don't forget atlanta's uh had five straight games of five shots come this game they were hot however they've been traveling at the last couple of weeks all over the country this is their second game in four days they're gonna be a little tired you saw it in you saw it in the second half up a man they couldn't score uh, Joseph Martinez had a chance early in the first half, I do believe, and he missed it. Uh, Tarek made a great play. We went around Robles. That could have changed the game. Absolutely. And the red card penalty, you card. I mean, he tried to stand his feet. If he went down in the penalty box, it might have been a penalty right off the bat. Again, that's a, that's a call. Last defender back at the automatic red card, denying a scoring opportunity. I could see referee looking the other way, giving him a yellow instead of a red. I could have, too, because he did get the but, shot off. He got the shot. Okay. Now, maybe he interfered on the, the, the better opportunity, but still allowed a shot. Either way, not what we want to see, man. We want to see these teams go full strength. But, hey, Red Bulls still got away with the win now. Barlow with the lone goal. Um, Red Bull are, after going winless in a five in a streak, they're now four uh, on a stretch. They're four and one. Um, 
Really interesting, they have four players with two goals. You know who those players are, Alex? Oh, one of the fan favorite has to be Alex Mawil. Alex yeah. Mawil, of course. Of course he has two goals. Yeah. Of course he is leading the team in goals. Mr. Contract Extension, yes. He got a contract extension. He got paid. He is now making about as much as both of us combined. <laughs> Probably more. Uh, yeah, well, you know, that's Alex Mawil. He's living the dream. Living the American dream now. The others are Caceres. White, who scored two times in his first three appearances, and Royer. Now, Royer, to me, is still the uh, the winningest player here because he has two goals and four assists. That's going to make a difference. How many players on this Red Bull team have a single goal, Alex? I want to I want to hear your live guess. It's going to be like six, nine. Wow, I'm way off. Four players hey, with two goals, nine players with a goal. That means that. 13 players have scored for Red Bull so far this year. And let's not, let's not uh, overlook the real problem here. The main scorer, Bradley Phillips, has been hurt. And we're going basically by committee, uh, plug-in numbers. It might work now, but you know, going forward into the playoffs, uh, we don't have a main guy up front that's deadly in front of the net. Red Bulls aren't going to go far. Now, I, th- I think White has proven that he can be the goal scorer. But to me, his play has been a little, a little pedestrian, you know, not, not great. But he's been in the right place at the right time, what Bradley Wright Phillips has been doing for the last four or five seasons, just being there. Now, Marlo's a bigger physical presence to me. His ceiling is higher, but he's not necessarily going to score every game like Brian White would have a chance to do. Um, anything else? Uh, I mean, it was a great game. Uh, let's not talk about. Let's not forget about Taxi uh, Lawrence down the left wing having a battle Coming with Diablo the whole game. That was that was like two gladiators going on, and then Lawrence won it. And that that was great. That was just great to see the passion. Yeah, there's uh, there's the, the picture. Did you see the picture? That all year, the passion, the fight, the fifty fifty balls. They were actually winning in this game. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. This is around the time when the Red Bulls they always start slow. This is around the time they get hot. They can get Bradley Wright Phillips if they can get him healthy up front. You know, Kaku, again, I don't want to say anything bad. I always kill Kaku. He was pretty good in his game, he played, especially defensively, which no one talks about. He actually was very good in his game defensively. He, he, he helped the team. He helped the team. To me, he's still I, replacement level. I think if you put a lot of other players there, they would have played similarly. Know, it's nice he, to show Hart. He's got he's to earn his way back, and I think he knows that now. Again, yeah, so this you know, this is around the time. Again, this is when the Red Bulls starting to get hot. Look at the schedule coming up. Vancouver at home, at Cincinnati. The beginning of the season, you look at these games, you're taking six points. Let's see what happens next Absolutely. Week. So um, going kind of from Red Bull, that was kind of our introduction, and, and we weren't planning on talking about Red Bull there, but it just, it, just, it, it, it was fluid, so I didn't want to interrupt it. There was big news around MLS and around the U.S. men's team. That is the uh, U.S. men's team 40-man roster was released. We want to talk a little bit about that, and we want to talk a little bit about a player who's been a great... Uh, I want to say great. We'll talk about whether he's been great. He scored a lot of goals in his MLS career, and he is now the leading MLS goal scorer. That is one Wondolowski. Now, he's been playing since before I've been watching MLS soccer. Alex, do you want to just talk a little bit about uh, what Wando has done in his career? All-time leading Major League Soccer scorer, uh, very underrated player in U.S. soccer history. Uh, you know, the, 
Everyone's going to remember the missed opportunity against Belgium in the World oh Cup. Oh, my God. He, it, just, it was on a tee. And that's a problem that's always going to haunt him, and I feel bad for the guy. But what he's done in Major League Soccer is just amazing. I mean, and he played out on the West Coast in a small market. A lot of times the games weren't on TV. You didn't see highlights on ESPN earlier when he, when he first started. But there were some games against the LA Galaxy, the El Clasico. He was just anything inside the penalty area. He just buried or put it on frame every time, made the goalie, made a save. This guy he was, a, he was a heart and soul of the San Jose. Reason why they won some championships while he was there. And he was just a great, one of the all time greatest MLS uh, scores. And now. His goal-scoring style is really interesting to me because he doesn't really have one. He's not overpowering. He's not that fast, physical body you're looking for. He just puts himself in the right place at the right time. And, and to me, that kind of reminds me of uh, Brad, Bradley Wright Phillips. Like, yeah, not is- necessarily the greatest player you want there, but he can put the ball in the net. And, and in, the, in the end, Alex, this game, we can talk about passing, we can talk about running. The goal of the game is to, to put the ball in the net. <laughs> and if you're doing that better than anyone else over a career, uh, that's something to hang your hat on. Now, six months since his last MLS goal, which, again, is very Bradley Wright Phillips-esque, four in one game. Four. I mean, that, I, I that's a day to remember. Yeah, we watched Now, Chris Wanowski, not the biggest guy, not the fastest guy, but the all-time when he scored. This guy has heart. Uh... YouTube, some of his highlights of earlier is cursed from the goals he scored. They're highlight goals. This guy scores from all over the place. I mean, most of his goals inside the box, but some of the goals you can see him score back, back in the day are just tremendous. Uh, he was great this game. You know, the new coach Almeida, he doesn't really, he hasn't really started him this year. He did this week, and it was and just. He got, he got paid, it paid off because yeah, they won four goals. Yeah. It's all good. I mean, the, one of the goals was the goal he just dropped it right in front and just tapped in. But the other three were just classic one the last game inside the box, open, boom, buried in the corner to net. Absolutely. And I like and to play that down, that when a goalie misplays the ball, you score a goal. But he was there, and that that's half the battle. Half the battle in this game, Alex, is showing up. And he showed up. He's, you know, he's, right, he's right around the goal mouth all the time. He's, da- he's always been dangerous, and he continues to be dangerous in MLS. You can't sleep on him. Absolutely. And when we talk about this show, we talk about my own experience with soccer playing as a youth but not following MLS, being a Red Bull supporter, and, and just being a little bit disengaged my first few years in MLS. But I went back and I did my research on Wanda Lasky, and you know what I found out? It took him six years in MLS to get playing time as a starter. In 2010, he scored 18 goals that season. One of the reasons why it took him so long to break out is because everyone thought he was going to be a bench player. He went to Chico State University Played Division Two soccer, Alex. That's a Cinderella story, and that's something I don't see happening in MLS anytime soon. Of course, this is the dark ages of MLS, where a player could slip, slip, could slip through the cracks and and become the MLS leading goal scorer. So let's hope he has a a good run. He's on the throne for now. It might be years and years and years before uh, this record is surplanted, but of course they're made to be broken. So. Chris Wondolowski, congratulations from us here at I-80 Sports. Uh, all the best, man. Absolutely. The guy's pure class, too, on and off the field.
So we did want to talk about the uh, U.S. men's national team put out their 40-man roster. Now it'll drop down to like 23 for the Gold Cup and 18 for a game day roster. But we got some insight as to, to what's going on here. Um, a lot of interesting stuff. There were players that I had not known the names of that made this squad. Now, of course, this is just training. It's just kind of preliminary. It's just kind of some guys. But if you make this roster, Berhalter's taking a look. He wants to see what you got. He's He wants to know what you're bringing to the table maybe for the future. A lot of young players. Now, there were a few uh, surprise omissions and some surprise additions, and we want to talk a little bit about that now. Alex, I know there were a couple of players that surprised you just seeing their name on the lineup. You want to start us out? Yeah, Marlon Fossey from Fulham. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't know much about this guy. I had to Google his name. Uh, he's been hurt as a younger player. I guess uh, Burhold is going to bring him in for a look. I don't expect him to make the roster for the Gold Cup uh, on defense. But on I, defense, this defense is... I've never, I never, he's not even been on the map. I don't even know if he's under, under 23, under 21. Uh, but apparently they like him. Uh, Berhalter wants to see him, so he, he brought him into camp. Greg Garza was called in after the Cincinnati, but I think he's had a devastating injury. I think he's going to be out for the Gold Cup, so I don't know why he's on the roster. Uh, I was a little surprised with that. Uh, you know, looking just at the defense, uh, Bobby Wood wasn't called in as a forward. Uh, he has been, looks like Berhalter's not a fan. He's had a poor year in Germany. He's always been like the backup to outdoor Looks like we're going in another direction. Under Bobby Burble. Wood, to me, is one of those guys who, if he was five years younger or five years older, he would have gotten a really serious look. But he's kind of in between the transition now. Like, would you rather have Bobby Wood up top or just taking a chance on one of the younger guys? Like Josh Sargent, he seems to be the future. Our, you know, compared to the next Brian McBride, uh, out in Germany, Werder Bremen, he's getting first team looks right now and I think he's only what 18 years old or something like that he seems to be the future uh I'm really excited to see what he can bring to the table one guy I'm kind of surprised got called in and he's not having a real good year is Christian Ramirez on LAFC even though the team is really good when you think of LAFC Absolutely. right now you don't really hear Christian Ramirez is one of the leaders on the team they're scoring you know it's Carlos Vela Diego Rossi Rossi yeah for sure yeah and that that was one I was a little surprised he got called in Tyler and, Boyd uh, got called in Again, now <laughs> he he applied two days ago. Text each other like I, I was like I don't know who this guy is. I had to Google it. Apparently, he's, he's scoring some goals in Turkey. Is a New Zealander that has ties to the United States. They could do it a one-time switch. Hey, why not? You know, Clint's been for years been searching the German American spheres. Brought a bunch of guys in, and some guys said, "If the kid's eligible to play with us, what better time to bring him to camp for Gold Cup? Not a World Cup, which is more important." Why not to, you know, let's take a look at him. Another young player, Joe Gallo. Uh, some of you guys remember during the Clinton era. MSV Duisburg. I do believe that is a Swedish team or a Denmark team. Sorry, I have guys. no idea. <laughs> you know, Scandinavian football is not my cup of tea. But uh, I think two bad knee surgeries. But before he was hurt, he was a little pocket rocket. So he can run down the flanks and score. I'm hoping he can come. I don't think he's done that well right now. He's still you know, coming back from his injury. I'm a little surprised he got called in. Interesting uh, things up top. I see Jordan Morris, who has the speed and has the skill. He's been injured. It, it's just putting it together for me. Um, he's one of those cusp players. You know, he, me, I think, yeah, he's, he's going to be on the team. Uh, to me, he's been getting hurt a lot the last couple of years. 
concerning, just like Alphador, concerning as a U.S. team, because we really, I always thought we always lacked finishers as a U.S. national team. Of course. These guys are, are uh, high yeah. on the depth chart, not on number one, is Altador. Altador is one of the oldest guys on the team. And he's still going to be, he's still number one on the depth chart. Not anytime soon, I don't see anyone not getting lost. I believe he's an 87 birth, which would put him the same age as me and Michael Bradley. Now, I think he's still the number one because he's that big physical guy. But Burhalter has loved Zardes, and he played for him. That's why in Columbus, in Columbus, yeah, he, he knows the system. I would not be surprised if Altador becomes unavailable. Yassi might be the starting striker on this team. I think he's going to go with both of them up front, most likely. But well, you know, we'll see. And again, injuries happen. And, you know, camp guys pull out. Someone else is getting called in. We don't, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Anything can happen, Raina. But as out, to me, out the door is the number one guy on the team, you know, barring injury. And of course. Of course. Now, talk about surprise omissions. Now, we talk about Bobby Wood is not on the team. John Brooks is not on the team. He's hurt, so that's maybe not a surprise, but someone who we thought might have been a starting center back for this squad. But we, we have options here for sure. I mean, Matt Miazga, Aaron Long. We could just run with the, the New York center backs here. Um, there's a lot. I'm there's a lot. We're deep. Omar Gonzalez, I was kind of surprised I called him. So you've seen, we, he's part of the old guard. See what he can do. I, I don't, you know, I don't see him as starting. I don't know why he's in camp. I'd rather give one of the younger guy, another younger guy a chance. Absolutely. Now, one of my surprise omissions, and, and this is a surprise, not from today, but it's a surprise if I told you this in December. That is Kellen Acosta. Now, he got sent home during last camp. Halter saw enough, was not interested. Sent him back, and he's on the Colorado Rapids, the worst team in MLS. If you're on the worst team in MLS and you want to be a U.S. men's national team player, you better be the best player on the field during every match. And he's not. He's been very pedestrian. Looked bad for country. Looks bad for club. His career projection is just tanked for me. Alex, do you have anything to add about Kellen Acosta? He, same thing like Breck Shea. These guys had a shining star at one point. Ambitions of going to Europe. I think Breck Shea went to Europe and then workout came back. And now marginal players in MLS sometimes not even starting. Uh, you know, it's, it's a shame. Uh, this, I don't know what happened in Dallas. They see the career star was going up. And if something happened in Dallas, they trade him to Colorado. He's not been the same thing. Absolutely. Now, um, surprise additions. I had a few, and maybe they weren't surprises, but something I wanted to mes- mention. Weston McKinney. I feared for the worst. I saw his ankle just disintegrate. He's one of those guys to me like Matt Breida. It looked like he died on the field. He's on the roster now. Hopefully he can get right, get fit, and, and make some starts. Um, what are your projections on Weston McKinney? Do you have anything? No, he's he's going to be starting. with Bur- If he's healthy, Burhalter's going to start him for sure. We're all interested in seeing the McKinney, Pulisic, Tyler Adams all together to midfield. Get it. Absolutely. But, but unfortunately, Tyler Abs is penciling as a right back. If you see how the rosters, at least they have Tyler Abs listed as a defender. He is listed as a defender now. Another goalie. <laughs> I'm a little surprised made the addition here. Sean Johnson. Now, Sean Johnson has looked great at times. None of them, none of those times have been for the U.S. men's team. And he gave up a couple stinker own goals this season, but somehow that doesn't manage to take him off the squad. Sean Johnson, I know, Alex, you are not a fan. 
What's going on here? No, uh, you know, five goalies in camp, too. I mean, I was kind of surprised. Usually, I would think he would bring four. I thought he were one too many in this camp, personally. Uh, Sean Johnson is a rah-rah guy in the locker room. I think that's the only reason why he's here in camp. He's not going to be playing for the U.S. national team anytime soon. I don't think he'll be starting. We all know is Zach Stefan is going to be our goalie. Going he, he will, and he's going to Europe this uh, this summer. Really, yeah. really good career projection for him, for sure. I think he just played his last game for Columbus. Uh, you know, the question is, who's the backup? You go with the veteran, Brad Guzon. We've been there. I'm not sure about that. Ethan Horvath that plays in Belgium seems to be up there. I think and for me it's got to be Horvath. I mean, Guzon, is, he just looks old and slow. We talked about him already on the on, for the Red Bull game. I mean, you got to be in position to make that save. To me, he played himself out this season. Yeah, he hasn't shown anything to, to extraordinary. My, even though they, you know, they did have the five setups, but Brad Guzan made a couple saves. Nothing like another goalie would have made. Uh, yeah, I, we've been there, and seen that. I mean, I'm part of the, the old guard U.S. national team. It's time to start bringing more guys in. We didn't qualify for the World Cup. I only want to see a handful of guys from the last round. I don't want to see, you know, a bunch of guys that that failed last time. Another goalie. While we're on, Tyler Miller, LAFC. Uh. I don't know, fifth fifth best goalie in the United States? I don't think so. Uh, you know, LAFC is having a great year, but I, I don't, I don't see this guy starting with the U.S. Masters at all. And it's going to be interesting again. This is going to be cut almost in half, and then the game day roster is only eighteen out of the forty. So, good luck to all. It's going to be an interesting. Uh, it's going to be a great summer. And hey, guys, you got us now. You got us now. We're going to be talking about it. We're going to be watching games. It's going to be a lot of fun this summer for sure now. Of course, U.S. men's national team stuff. Of course, that falls under our umbrella. We're going to take care of you. And if nothing else, that's an excuse for us to go out and watch more soccer during uh, this summer tournament. So really, really looking forward to what's going on there. Now, you talked about the old guard and players you don't want to see. One player retired this week. It was actually today. By the time you're watching this, maybe it was two days ago. And that is Beasley. He will not be on the roster. He's taking himself out of contention. And this will be his last MLS season. Do you have any parting words for one Beasley? One of the greatest players in the U.S. national team history. Uh, How many World Cups do you? I mean, three, four, I don't even know. Still playing a 40 forward midfield, finishing up as a left back. Anytime... Any one of our coaches, whether it was Bob Bradley, Bruce Arena, had an injury. They relied on Beasley to fill the hole, and he just went right in there. He reminded me a little, as little of Tyler Adams, just more offensive to me. And before Tyler Adams was born, obviously. Great, great. great <laughs> before, teammate. well, his first uh, pro, pro appearance was in 1999. Yeah, so. <laughs> He's an old boy. Exactly, but. He had some speed, but in the United States at the time, he was like our fastest guy. We all got excited every time the ball going down the flank running. I can just remember when we first brought him up. Uh, great, great class guy. Uh, playing this long, you got to give him credit. Absolutely. So have a lot of fun in retirement. DeMarcus, I'm sure we'll hear your voice on the radio somewhere because you know guys like that. It's only a matter of time before, hey, guys, we have an opening on I-80 Sports. DeMarcus, you're listening. Have yeah. your people call my people. You could be on next week. Okay. So, one last game you just wanted to barely touch on. Orlando takes it to FC Cincy with a 5-1 beating. Cincy, a team we were high on to begin with, and they have 
just been all downhill since then. Rough. Rough isn't the word. I mean, Orlando's been taking up the joint going into that game. Nani with two, Akindeli with two, Dwyer with one. And the weird thing is that Cincinnati was winning one nothing game. Uh, a devastating injury. Greg Garza just came back. It's called up U.S. Gold Cup. And he got injured again. It looks like it's really bad. Uh, no coach. I think the, the Cincinnati's trying to find a formula now. A coach that can win. Uh, management wants to win, but this game was just. Nah. Orlando was beating you five one. You got to go. You got to look yourself in the mirror and go wonder what the hell's going on over there. Now we did mention that's a game you should not have watched. So if you did, it's not our fault. But that, <laughs> oof, we <laughs> predicted that. And talk about predictions. We're gonna go in opposite order this week. Generally, we've been talking about the games and then going into our bold predictions. We're going to do our bold predictions first because it's kind of been like a spoiler alert. We've kind of given them all away earlier. So hopefully you guys are still watching. We're going to go through first our lock of the week. And for me, I really want to say LAFC versus Montreal. But midweek games in MLS are worse than in NFL. They're just unpredictable. No one ever knows what's going to happen. So I got to just steer a little bit clear of that. I'm taking the resurging. Red Bull, New York against Cincy in Cincy. Cincy's a tough pace to play, but as we just talked about, they just got beat 5-1 by Orlando. That's rough. Now, Red Bull's been beating bad clubs and losing to good clubs, with the exception of probably Atlanta. It just makes sense that Red Bull goes and makes it uh, five out of their last six games to win in Cincy. That is my lock of the week. Alex, do you have a lock for us? Colorado won their first game last week, and I'm I do believe you predicted that. I, uh, I mean, of course, naturally. This was what I do. Now, the odds of Colorado winning two weeks in a row, to me, are slim to none. So I'm going to take Columbus on the road 2-1 to one over Colorado. You know what's really funny? There's, there's actually a typo on the website I'm looking at right now because I have my iPad just under the screen. Everyone could see here. And I'm projecting onto a television that I'm actually looking at. So I'm, we have our little Google Docs with some notes. And on the other one, I'm watching uh, like Western Conference tables. It actually shows Colorado was still with zero wins. They didn't add last week's game in. So on my uh, on my document, Colorado still has it zero was, wins. Hey, it was Sunday night. It was the last game of MLS for the week. Absolutely. So you are predicting Colorado to lose this week? Yes. 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 That They're not going to win two games in a row. Fair enough. Now, upset of the week is going to be a little more difficult. And... Uh, not sure if it's an upset because they're the home team, but I can see Orlando taking it to the LA Galaxy this week. Now, there's no Zlatan. He's suspended for two games. And Galaxy has looked really hot and really cold right now for me. They're on a downswing. Look at Orlando. They're looking real good after a 5-1 win against Cincy. Galaxy has four straight losses. I'm taking it. Orlando beats Galaxy this Saturday. Alex, do you have a upset pick of the week? Yeah, you just stole mine. <laughs> That's the one I had, so I'm going to pick another one. We're going to go with, let's see here. We're going to go with, all right, I got it. NYCFC on the road winning in Chicago 2-1 to one I got in this one. NYCFC has one loss. Spicy, right? I like it. On a bye, fully rested. Chicago got lit up last week. I know they're going to be pissed off. Daikon, I think, is still out. 
Chicago, they play in front of like 6,500. I'm taking that's not real home advantage. You know, we all know they're trying to get a new stadium, go back into Chicago, leave Ridgeville, whatever the hell the town is in the middle of nowhere. NYCFC on the road with the win, two to one. Okay, okay, good stuff. Now it's it's like part of the I-80 bowl. What do they call that? The I-80. What do oh, they, they call the the derby between uh, Red Bull, Philly, DC? Well, uh, the I've been a fan since 96. There's only one rival. It's DC United. I-95. The I-90. Oh, that's what it was, the I-9. And and NYCFC now, but you have no rivalry with Philadelphia. Sorry, it's still not there. It's DC United and NYCFC. You're the coach, general manager, Red Bull. If you're not going to win the cup, you have two jobs to do is win those games. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's one of the reasons why we actually named this I eighty Sports. We were we were brainstorming with like the Jersey Sports Project and like all this other stuff because me and my buddy who started it for football lived in New Jersey. But I eighty Sports it starts in New Jersey and just spreads across the country. So if you pick the I eighty, you could have a derby of any two teams in the in the league, as long as they're on mainland United States. I eighty Sports will cover it because East Coast to West Coast, ocean to ocean. We covered all just like the highway. That's why we named. That's why we took the name. Um, last week we gave you some games to avoid, and they were horrible, horrible games. This week, my first game to avoid is Columbus versus Colorado. Colorado sucks. We said before, Kellen Acosta, huge disappointment. He's not doing it for his team. He's not stepping up and being the guy. They have a record of 1-2-9 and nine and scored 17 while conceding 30. It's a recipe for disaster, but now let's look at Columbus. They've had problems, too, scoring 12 and conceding 19 in 14 games. This is going to be a stinker. I'm avoiding this game at all costs. I will check the score after, maybe watch the highlights. That's it. Avoid this game. Alex, what game are you avoiding this week? Well, tough call. Every time I put on ESPN Plus and New England Revolution at home, I fall asleep. So I'm going to go with DC United and New England as the game to watch. That is a tough New England Revolution. I know they got Bruce Arena. They're tough to watch on that Foxborough field and 16,000, whatever they hold there, the fans. And New England doesn't really win much. It's tough to watch New England, especially at their home. That's the game I really want. All right, and now this is the game to watch instead. Mine for sure, and I think I might steal Axes again here. Philly hosting Portland. <laughs> you did it again. Yes. After a terrible defensive start, Portland is 3-1-1 one, one in their last five, but they're still hemorrhaging goals. They're, um, they're averaging two goals a game against, which is a lot. Philly is 4-2-0 and oh again in their last six, so they're looking good too. And in that run, they're outscoring their important their opponents, 14-3. to three. There's going to be fireworks. There's going to be a lot of scores. Um, I'm Just watch this game. Philly hosting Portland. Alex, your prediction for... Yeah, that, 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 that's a great game. Uh, well, I like the Minnesota at home against Houston. Minnesota at home, you know, the new stadium won the roll when they win. Houston, one of, the, one of my favorite teams, especially when they're home in the high-flying games. This game has a the score might indicate there's gonna be a lot of action. I like the Minnesota at home against Houston. 
Absolutely good stuff. Now, let's get a little more specific and talk about who's going to win some of these games. Wednesday night, Red Bulls host Vancouver. Tough call. Every time I go against Vancouver, they either win or tie. Rebels are playing two games in four days again. We're going to see rotation. Bob, you've seen it. We played. We have Red Bull 1, Red it's, Bull it's, 2. It's worked. Red Bull 2 has been better than Red Bull 1. But we got Red Bull B and then Red Bull 2. Red Bull 2B. 1A, yeah, 2A. I'm, I'm guessing this game is going to be RBP. RBP. Is that B1 or B2? <laughs> You know what I'm saying. So in that case, I'm going to take a tie in this game. I'm going to go Red Bulls 1-1 with Vancouver. Atlanta hosts the LA Galaxy. Uh, in my Orlando. upset pick of the week. My upset pick of the week. Yeah, I also, you stole. I had Orlando winning one nothing because Latan is going to be wearing Armani in the stands. And then, you know, won't even, he won't even be there. He'll be back in Los Angeles hanging out. So he, he might. Now, this is a really tricky game for me. RSL hosts Atlanta. Now, Atlanta coming off a loss at Red Bull Arena. RSL has looked really good against bad teams and really bad against good teams. What's going to happen here? RSL smoked Toronto last week. Do we not throw only a red card at Pozuelo? Atlanta at Vancouver a week ago. To New York Saturday, Sunday. This Saturday, high altitude rail Salt Lake. I got 1-1 in this game. I don't see Atlanta getting three points in this game. Good stuff. LAFC hosts the Montreal Impact. I just how many goals? Now, hey, wait, wait. Piotti came back last week. Piotti's a difference maker for Montreal. That being said, LAFC is home. It won't be as easy as everyone thinks, but LAFC is going to win 2 nothing. All right, all right, okay. I'll follow that now. That is the midweek games. Those teams are... Uh going to be uh, Wednesday and Friday. Moving on to Saturday, we have our main slate. We have seven games this week. First one is Chicago hosting NYCFC. You're taking NYCFC. Yeah, two to one. Uh, again, Chicago and that barren wasteland. Wasteland. And the cold and the nobody goes. Icon is out. I smoked last week. I like their coach, but NYCFC only has one loss all year. If they're going to win on the road, this is going to be the game at Chicago. Let's go NYC. FC Dallas is going to venture to the Great White North to face the Vancouver Caps in their second game of the week. Does FC Dallas have what it takes, Alex? A lot of the kids are out. They're under injuries. They're under 20s. Paxton Palmer calls another guy. I thought she'd be on the Gold Cup roster. I forgot to bring it up, but he's hurt. Yes. Uh, Vancouver's second game in four days cross-country. Let's go with Dallas in this one, one nothing. Dallas going, okay, playing away in the cold. Now, New England is going to host D.C. You already said you don't like this game at all, but who's going to win yeah. it? If Wade Rooney plays, D.C. is going to win. If not, probably not, but I think he plays uh, D.C. Knight one nothing. My game of the week, the game to watch. I already told you, Philly is hosting Portland, but who's going to win, Alex? Philly was surprised to even MLS, in my opinion. Uh, I watched some of the game last week. They tied 0-0 against Seattle, but they were better. They pressured. They got a lot of interchangeable parts. I really like what Philly's doing right now. Uh, Portland, again, the, the road trip from hell continues. The stadium's almost ready. 
still on the road because of that, the way Philadelphia is playing, I'm going to take Philadelphia one nothing. Good call. Um, we're going to move now to FC Cincinnati hosting New York Red Bull. Red Bull's second game of the week. Talking about interchangeable parts. I think, are we starting 1B here or 2A? Which Maybe are we? Maybe 1A. Maybe 1A. We don't know. Maybe that's, 1A. That's, Cincinnati's ugly right now. They're on a do not touch. Like, we know what the hell's going on there. Uh, I'm going to have to take NY. I'm going to have to take uh, Red Bull in this one, 2-1. Right. Another team that has been hot and cold all season, Minnesota United, is back at home, and they're hosting the Red Hot Houston Dynamo. Yeah, I watched the game last week. Houston, D.C. United, 2-1. Uh, Houston won with a comeback. They are, they are very good. However... They're the so road- good, I actually worry about them for the second half of the season because I wonder how many players are still going to be on that starting quad. Well, the summer transfer window, some of the guys that were rumored to leave. That Albert could be Elise could be gone, and he's one of their best players by far. It gets real hot in Houston, players fatigue, uh, tough place to play. They just started at home. I know they haven't won every game since they started. Seems like their coach is coaching for his life there. Uh, I'm going to take Minnesota. Houston on the road isn't as good as they are at home. I'm going to take Minnesota one nothing in this game. All right, moving on. Colorado is hosting Columbus. We already talked about this game. You're taking Columbus. Yes, I don't think Colorado will win two weeks. Right. That's the only, that's the only reason. Yeah. What's the score? Uh, 2-1 Columbus. Okay, so not a bad one. But for a Saturday primetime game, just don't even turn that game on. Just watch Minnesota versus Houston. It's going to be it's gonna be better quality. That's a big game. Sunday has... Two prime time question mark. I said that with upward inflection games. Six o'clock. Sporting KC hosts Seattle Sounders. This could be interesting. Sporting KC has not looked good of late, but it's one of the teams that I really was up on to go into this season. They're hosting that's, Seattle. That's the man with injuries. I think Sporting KC only had like four bench guys last week, the week before. Yeah, it's really bad. There's devastating. Seattle just got Rui Diaz back, but Jordan Morris is out. I think uh, I think Victor Rodriguez is out, hamstring. I don't know what's going up there, going on up there with hamstrings. Sporting Kansas City, a name has just got red carded last game, so he'll be out. He did, but Se- Seattle will be short Jordan Morris. Yes, but Namath is out. I have no idea who Sporting Kansas City is going to play up front. Let's go with a one-one game in this one. I don't know who to pick in this one. All right, yeah. another team. Uh, Toronto FC has been up and down. Of course, they will be short their lead attacker in the U.S. men's squad. Well, that'll be Josie Altidore. They're hosting San Jose, who's been a punching bag this season. But, hey, those four goals, is Wando going to do it again? Uh, he's not going to score four goals again, especially at Toronto. I know Pozuelo's out. It makes you think about what's going to happen in this game. At Toronto home, I don't see San Jose getting getting result here. So let's go Toronto one nothing. All right, so that's it. Week 13, our preview. We talked a little bit of, about Gold Cup roster. Very exciting time, very exciting season to be a soccer fan. Alex, do you have any parting wisdom? Tom Barlow, keep it up. We need you. We got nobody else. Well, White has been pretty good, too. I mean, oh. one gold is not a career make. Listen, Rebels, four out of five. This is where they get hot. Look at the schedule this week. They got to get some positive results. 
is it bad as a fan to be rooting for BWP to take as much time as possible? Because that's where I, I am right now. I want to see I so mean, much more of these two guys. I, 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 yeah, I almost want to say just sit them out till after the Gold Cup break. That's another month off. And you, then you have the, the the summer transfer. And if you really need a forward, I don't know if Danny Tam is really going to pull the trigger, but if BWP needs surgery and he's going to be out, they're going to have to get a forward. They're going to need a veteran Spoiler forward. Spoiler alert, they will not. They need a veteran <laughs> forward. One way, the, one way or the other, they're going to have to get another forward, whether people want to hear it or not, a veteran forward. You know the way they're going to get a another. veteran forward? By keeping White and Barlow on the team for 10 years, and then they will be veterans, so they will have a veteran forward. Yeah, you're probably right. I am probably right. So, guys, thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for tuning in. We're we're up to a whole bunch of subscribers. We're getting a lot of views. We have a very loyal audience. Comment below. We want to hear your questions. We want to hear your hot takes. Thanks again, Alex, for joining us. This is our uh, week 13. This is our 16th episode of Soccer at I-80 Sports. That's flying by, but this has been a blast. I can't wait to come back next week. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great week.